Chapter Seven: Alone in the Dark. Ramona did not run away. Where could she run to? She had no place to go. Each of her days seemed to plod along more slowly than the day before. Every morning, Mrs. Quimby looked out the window at the rain dripping from the trees and said, "Rain, rain, go away. Come again some other day." The weather paid no attention. Ramona, who could not wear sandals in such weather, now had to wear oxfords and a pair of Beezus's old boots to school, because she had outgrown her red boots during the summer. Mrs. Griggs wore the same sweater, the color of split pea soup, day after day. Ramona did not like split pea soup. Ramona never got to leave the flag salute or be scissors monitor. Number combinations, reading circles, bologna sandwiches, and chocolate chip cookies from the store in her lunch three times in a one week. One day, the reading workbook showed a picture of a chair with a wrinkled slipcover. Beneath the picture were two sentences: "This is for Pal. This is not for Pal." Ramona circled "This is for Pal" because she decided Tom and Becky's mother had put a slipcover on the chair so that Pal could lie on it without getting the chair dirty. Mrs. Griggs came along and put a big red checkmark over her answer. "Read every word, Ramona," she said, which Ramona thought was unfair. She had read every word. Ramona dreaded school because she felt Mrs. Griggs did not like her, and she did not enjoy spending the whole day in a room with someone who did not like her, especially when that person was in charge. Ramona's days were bad, but her nights were worse. At eight o'clock, she sat very, very still on a chair in the corner of the living room with an open book, one that Beezus had read on her lap. If she did not move, if she did not make a sound. Her mother might forget to tell her to go to bed, and more than anything in the world, Ramona did not want to go to bed. She pretended to read. She even tried to read, but she could not even understand the story because she had to skip some of the most important words. She was bored and uncomfortable from sitting so still, but anything was better than going off alone to her new room. The nights her father went bowling were worst of all, and this was one of those nights. Isn't it time for Ramona to go to bed? Asked Beezus. Ramona would not allow herself to say "Shut up, Beezus," because doing so would call attention to herself. She lifted her eyes to the clock on the mantel. Eight sixteen, eight seventeen. Beezus, always her mother's girl, went into the kitchen to help prepare lunches for the next day. Ramona wanted something besides a bologna sandwich in her lunch, but she knew that if she spoke, she risked being sent to bed. Eight eighteen. Ramona, it's past your bedtime," Mrs. Quimby called from the kitchen. Ramona did not budge. Eight nineteen. Ramona, as soon as I finish this chapter, now. What worked for Beezus would not work for Ramona. She closed her book and walked down the hall to the bathroom, where she threw, drew her bath, undressed, and climbed into the tub. There she sat until Mrs. Quimby called out, "Ramona, no dwaddling." Ramona got out, dried herself, and put on her pajamas. She remembered to dip her washcloth in the bath water and wring it out before she let the water out of the tub. She brushed and brushed her teeth until her mother called through the door. That's enough, Ramona. Ramona ran back to the living room and seized the unsuspect, unsuspecting Picky Picky asleep on Mr. Quimby's chair. Picky Picky wants to sleep with me, she said, lugging the cat in the direction of her room. Picky Picky did not agree. He struggled out of her arms and ran back to the chair, where he began to wash away the taint of Ramona's hands. Meet old Picky Picky. Ramona longed for a soft, comfortable purring cat 
that would snuggle against her and make her feel safe. She wished Picky Picky would behave more like Fluff in her reader. Fluff was always willing to chase a ball of yarn or ride in a doll carriage. What time will Daddy be home? asked Ramona. Around 11, answered her mother. Now scoot. Hours and hours away. Ramona walked slowly down the hall and into her room, which smelled of fresh paint. She closed her new curtains, shutting out the dark eye of the night. She looked inside her closet to make sure something was not hiding in the shadows before she slid the door shut tight. She pushed her bed out from the wall so that something reaching out from under the curtains or slithering around the wall might not find her. She picked up Pandy, her battered old panda bear, and tucked it into bed with its head on her pillow. Then she climbed into bed beside Pandy and pulled the blankets up under her chin. In a moment, Mrs. Quimby came to say goodnight. Why do you always push your bed out from the wall? She asked, pushing it back. What do we do tomorrow? Asked Ramona, ashamed to admit she was afraid of the dark, ashamed to let her mother know she was no longer her brave girl, ashamed to confess she was afraid to sleep alone in the room she wanted so much. If she told her mother how she felt, she would probably be given the old room, which would be the same as saying she was failing at the job of growing up. We are doing the usual, answered Mrs. Quimby. School for you and Beezus, work for Daddy and me. Ramona hoped to hold her mother a little longer. Mama, why doesn't Picky Picky like me? Because he has grown grouchy in his old age, and because you were rough with him when you were little. Now go to sleep. Mrs. Quimby kissed Ramona and snapped off the light. Mama? Yes, Ramona. I, I forgot what I was going to say. Good night, dear. Mama, kiss Pandy, too. Mrs. Quimby did as she was told. Now that's enough stalling. Ramona was left alone in the dark. She said her prayers and then repeated them in case God was not listening the first time. I will think good things, Ramona told herself, and in spite of her troubles, she had good things to think about. After Ramona had to apologize to Susan, some members of Room 1 were especially nice to her, because they felt bad Mrs. Grigg should not have made her apologize in front of the whole class. Howie had brought some of his bricks back, so they could play Brick Factory if it ever stopped raining. Linda, whose mother baked fancier cookies than any other Room 1 mother, shared butterscotch fudge nut cookies with Ramona. Even little Davy, who usually tried to avoid Ramona because she had tried to kiss him in kindergarten, tagged her when the class played games. Best of all, Ramona was actually learning to read. Words leaped out at her from the newspapers, signs, and cartoons. Crash, highway, salt, tires. The world was suddenly full of words that Ramona could read. Ramona had run out of good thoughts. She heard Beezus take her bath, get into bed, and turn out her light. She heard her mother set the table for breakfast, shut Picky Picky in the basement, and go to bed. If only her father would come home. Ramona knew she could get away with going to the bathroom at least once. She stood up on her bed, and even though she knew it was not a safe thing to do, she leapt into the center of her room and ran into the hall before something hiding under the bed could reach out and grab her ankles. On her way back, she reversed her flying leap and landed on her bed, where she quickly pulled her covers up to her chin. The moment Ramona dreaded had come. There was no one awake to protect her. Ramona tried to lie as flat and as still as a paper doll, so that something slithering under the curtains and slinking around the walls would not know she was there. She kept her eyes wide open. She longed for her father to come home. She was determined to stay awake until morning. 
Ramona thought of Beezus, safely asleep in the friendly dark of the room they had once shared. She thought of the way they used to whisper and giggle and sometimes scare themselves. Even their quarrels were better than being alone in the dark. She ached to move, to ease her muscles, rigid from lying still so long, but she dared not. She thought of the black gorilla with fierce little eyes in the book in her bookcase and tried to shove the thought out of her mind. She listened for cars on the wet street and strained her ears for the sound of a familiar motor. After what seemed like hours and hours, Ramona caught the sound of the Quimby car turning into the driveway. She went limp with relief. She heard her father unlock the back door and enter. She heard him pause by the thermostat to turn off the furnace. She heard him turn off the living room light and tiptoe down the hall. Daddy, whispered Ramona. Her father stopped by her door. You're supposed to be asleep. Come here for just a minute. Mr. Quimby stepped into Ramona's room. Daddy, turn on the light a minute, please. It's late. Mr. Quimby did as he was told. The light, which made Ramona squint, was a relief. She held up her hands to shield her eyes. She was so glad to see her father standing there in his bowling clothes. He looked so good and so familiar and made her feel so safe. Daddy, see that big book in my bookcase? Yes. Take it out of my room, said Ramona. To herself, she thought, please, Daddy, don't ask me why. She added, to protect herself from any questions, it's a good book. I thought you might like it. Mr. Quimby pulled the book from the bookcase, glanced at it, and then bent over and kissed Ramona on the forehead. No more stalling, young lady, he said. You were supposed to be asleep hours ago. He turned on the light and left, taking wild animals of Africa with him and leaving Ramona alone in the dark to worry about the mysterious noise made by an old house cooling off for the night. She wondered how much of the six months was left before she could return to her old room. She lay as flat and as still as a paper doll while she listened to her father splashing in the shower. Ramona had to think about her eyelids to force them to stay open. Her father got into bed. Her parents were whispering, probably talking about her, saying, What are we going to do about Ramona, always getting into trouble? Even her teacher doesn't like her. Everyone was asleep. But Ramona, whose eyelids grew heavier and heavier and heavier. She was afraid of the dark, but she would not give up on the new room. Only babies were afraid to sleep alone. The next morning, as Ramona took her sandwiches out of the refrigerator and put them in her lunchbox, Mrs. Quimby asked, Does your throat feel all right? Yes, answered Ramona crossly. Sore throats are going around, said Mrs. Quimby. Since she had gone to work in the pediatrician's office, she looked for symptoms in her daughters. Last week, it had been chicken pox spots, and the week before, swollen glands. Mama, I had a bad dream last night. What did you dream? Something was chasing me, and I couldn't run. The dream was still vivid in Ramona's mind. She had been standing in the corner of the house where the zinnias used to be. She knew something terrible was about to come around the corner of the house to get her. She stood as if frozen, unable to lift her feet from the grass. She had been terrified in her dream, and yet the yard had looked clear and bright. The grass was green, the zinnias blooming in shades of pink and orange and scarlet. So real, Ramona felt as if she could touch them. Ramona Beezus was rinsing her cereal bowl under the kitchen faucet. Ugh, that dream, she remarked. I've had it several times, and it's awful. You did not. Ramona was indignant. Her dream was her own. 
Not something passed on for beezes, like an old dress or old rain boots. You're just saying that. I did too have it. Beezes shrugged off the dream as of little importance. Everybody has that dream. Ramona, are you sure you feel all right? Asked Mrs. Quimby. You seem a little cranky this morning. Ramona scowled. I am not cranky. Another dream I don't like, said Beezes, is the one where I'm standing in my underwear in the hall at school and everybody is staring at me. That is just about the worst dream there is. This, too, was a familiar dream to Ramona. Not that she was going to admit it. Beezus needn't think she dreamed all the dreams first. Mrs. Quimby looked at Ramona scowling by the refrigerator with her lunchbox in her hand. She laid her hand on Ramona's head to see if she was feverish. Ramona jerked away. I'm not sick and I'm not cranky, she told her mother and flounced out the door on her way to another day in room one. When Ramona reached Glenwood School, she trudged into the building, where she sat huddled at the foot of the staircase that led to the upper grades. She wondered what it would be like to spend her days in one of the upstairs classrooms. Anything would be better than the first grade. What if I don't go to into room one, she thought. What if I hide in the girls' bathroom until school is out? Before she found the answer to her question, Mr. Cardoza came striding down the hall on his way to the stairs. He stopped directly in front of Ramona. Mr. Cardoza was a tall, thin man with dark hair and eyes, and he made Ramona, sitting there on the bottom steps, feel very small. Mr. Cardoza frowned and pulled down the corners of his mouth in a way that made Ramona understand that he was poking fun at the expression on her face. Suddenly, he smiled and pointed at her as if he had made an exciting discovery. Startled, Ramona drew back. I know who you are. Mr. Cardoza spoke as if identifying Ramona was the most interesting thing that could happen. You do? Ramona forgot to scowl. You are Ramona Quimby, also known as Ramona Q. Ramona was astonished. She had expected him to tell her, as if he knew who she was at all, that she was Beatrice's little sister. How do you know? she asked. Oh, I get around, he said, and whistling softly through his teeth, started up the stairs. Ramona watched him take the steps two at a time with his long legs and suddenly felt more cheerful, cheerful enough to face room one once more. A teacher from the upper grades knew the name of a little first grader. Maybe someday Mr. Cardoza would be her teacher too. Chapter 8. Ramona Says a Bad Word The more Ramona dreaded school, the more enthusiastic Beezus became, or so it seemed to Ramona. Mr. Cardoza had his class illustrate their spelling papers, and guess what? It was easy. Beezus, who always had trouble drawing because she felt she had no imagination, had no trouble drawing pictures of ghosts and laundry. One day, Beezus came home waving a paper and looking especially happy. For language arts, Mr. Cardoza had asked his class to list five examples of several different words. For Pleasant, Beezus had listed picnics, our classroom, Mr. Cardoza, reading, and school. When Mr. Cardoza had corrected her paper, he had written, thanks, beside his name. For a joke, she had also included his name as an example under frightening, and his red-penciled comment was, well. Beezus received an A on her paper. Nothing that pleasant ever happened to Ramona, who spent her days circling sentences in workbooks, changing first letters of words to make different words, and trying to help Davy when she could, even though he was in a different reading circle. Then one afternoon, Mrs. Griggs handed each member of Room 1 a long, sealed envelope. 
These are your progress reports for you to take home to your parents," she said. Ramona made up her mind then and there that she was not going to show any progress report to her mother and father if she could get out of it. As soon as she reached home, she hid her envelope at the bottom of a drawer under her summer playclothes. Then she got out a paper and crayons and went to work on the kitchen table. On each sheet of paper, she drew in black crayon a careful outline of an animal. A mouse on one sheet, a bear on another, a turtle on a third. Ramona loved to crayon, and crayoning made her troubles fade away. Once she had filled ten pages with the outlines of animals, she found her father's stapler and fastened the paper together to make a book. Ramona could make an amazing number of things with paper, crayons, staples, and scotch tape. Bees' wings to wear on her wrists, a crown to wear on her head, a paper catcher's mask to cover her face. What are you making? Asked her mother. A coloring book, said Ramona. You won't buy me one. That's because the art teacher who talked to the PTA said coloring books were not creative. She said children needed to be free and creative and draw their own pictures. I am, said Ramona. I am drawing a coloring book. Howie has a coloring book, and I want one too. I guess Howie's mother missed that meeting. Mrs. Quimby picked up Ramona's coloring book and studied it. Why, Ramona? She said, standing pleased. You must take after your father. You draw unusually well for a girl your age. I know. Ramona was not bragging. She was being honest. She knew her drawing was better than most of the baby work done in room one. So was her printing. She went to work coloring her turtle green, her mouse brown. Filling in outlines was not very interesting, but it was soothing. Ramona was so busy that by dinner time she had forgotten her hidden progress report. Ramona forgot until Beezus laid her long white envelope on the table after the dessert of canned peaches and store macaroons. Mr. Cardoza gave us our progress reports, she announced. Mr. Quimby tore open the envelope and pulled out the yellow sheet of paper. Hmm, very good, Beezus. I'm proud of you. What did he say? Beezus asked. Ramona could tell that Beezus was eager to have the family hear the nice things Mr. Cardoza had to say about her. He said. Beatrice has shown marked improvement in math. She is willing and a conscientious pupil who gets along well with her peers. She is a pleasure to have in the classroom. May I be excused? Asked Ramona and did not wait for an answer. Just a minute, young lady," said Mr. Quimby. "Yes. What about your progress report?" asked Mrs. Quimby. "Oh, that old thing," said Ramona. "Yes, that old thing." Mr. Quimby looked amused, which annoyed Ramona. "Bring it here," he said. Ramona faced her father. "I don't want to." Mr. Quimby was silent. The whole family was silent, waiting. Even Picky Picky, who had been washing his face, paused, one paw in the air, and waited. Ramona turned and walked slowly to her room, and slowly returned with the envelope. Scowling, she thrust it at her father, who tore it open. "Does Beezus have to hear?" she asked. "Beezus, you may be excused," said Mrs. Quimby. "Run along and do your homework." Ramona knew that Beezus was in no hurry to run along and do her homework. Beezus was going to listen. That's what Beezus was going to do. Ramona scowled more ferociously as her father pulled out the sheet of yellow paper. "If you don't look out, your face might freeze that way," said Mr. Quimby, which did not help. He studied the yellow paper and frowned. He handed it to Mrs. Quimby, who read it and frowned. "Well," said Ramona, unable to stand the suspense. "What does it say?" She would have grabbed it and tried to read it herself, but she knew it was written in cursive. Mrs. Quimby read, 
Ramona's letter formation is excellent, and she is developing good word attacking skills. Ramona relaxed. This did not sound so bad, even though she had never thought of reading as attacking words. She rather liked the idea. Mrs. Quimby read on. She is learning her numbers readily. That minted counting, thought Ramona with scorn. However, Ramona sometimes shows more interest in the seat work of others than in her own. She needs to learn to keep her hands to herself. She also needs to work on self-control in the classroom. I do not. Ramona was angry at the unfairness of her teacher's report. What did Mrs. Griggs think she had been working on? She hardly ever raised her hand anymore, and she never spoke out the way she used to. And she wasn't really interested in Davy's seat work. She was just trying to help him because he was having such a hard time. Now, Ramona, Mrs. Quimby's voice was gentle. You must try to grow up. Ramona raised her voice. What do you think I'm doing? You don't have to be so noisy about it," said Mr. Quimby. Of course, Beezus had to come butting in to see what all the fuss was about. What did Mrs. Griggs say? She wanted to know, and it was easy to see she knew that what Mr. Cardoza had said was better. You mind your own business," said Ramona. "Ramona, don't talk that way." Mr. Quimby's voice was mild. "I will too talk that way," said Ramona. "I will talk any way I want." Ramona, Mr. Quimby's voice held a warning. Ramona was defiant. "Well, I will. Nothing could possibly get any worse. She might as well say anything she pleased." "Now see here, young lady," began Mr. Quimby. Ramona had had enough. She had been miserable the whole first grade, and she no longer cared what happened. She wanted to do something bad. She wanted to do something terrible that it would shock her whole family. Something that would make them sit up and take notice. I'm going to say a bad word," she shouted with a stamping of her foot. That silenced her family. Picky Picky stopped washing and left the room. Mister Quimby looked surprised, and how could he be so disloyal? A little amused. This made Ramona even angrier. Beezus looked interested and curious. After a moment, Missus Quimby said quietly, "Go ahead, Ramona, and say the bad word if it will make you feel any better." Ramona clenched her fist and took a deep breath. Guts! She yelled, "Guts! Guts! Guts!" There, that should show them. Unfortunately, Ramona's family was not shocked and horrified as Ramona had expected. They laughed. All three of them laughed. They tried to hide it, but they laughed. It isn't funny," shouted Ramona. "Don't you dare laugh at me!" Bursting into tears, she threw herself face down on the couch. She kicked and she pounded the cushions with her fists. Everyone was against her. Nobody liked her. Even the cat did not like her. The room was silent, and Ramona had the satisfaction of knowing she had stopped their laughing. She heard responsible old Beezus go to her room and to do her responsible old homework. Her parents continued to sit in silence, but Ramona was past caring what anyone did. She cried harder than she ever had cried in her life. She cried until she was limp and exhausted. Then Ramona felt her mother's hand on her back. Ramona, she said gently, "What are we going to do with you?" With red eyes, a swollen face, and a streaming nose, Ramona sat up and glared at her mother. "Love me," her voice was fierce with hurt. Shocked at her own words, she buried her face in the pillows. She had no tears left. "Dear heart," said Mrs. Quimby, "we do love you." Ramona sat up and faced her mother. Who looked tired, as if she had been through many scenes with Ramona and knew many more lay ahead. You do not. 
You love beezes. There, she had said it right out loud. For years, she had wanted to tell her parents how she felt. Mr. Quimby wiped Ramona's nose on a Kleenex, which he then handed to her. She clenched it in her fists and glowered at her parents. Of course we love beezes, said Mrs. Quimby. We love you both. You love her more, said Ramona, a whole lot more. She felt better for having said the words, getting them off her chest, as grown-ups would say. Love isn't like a cup of sugar that gets used up, said Mrs. Quimby. There's enough to go around. Loving beezes doesn't mean we don't have enough time for you. You don't laugh at beezes all the time, said Ramona. They used to, said beezes, who was unable to stay away from this family discussion. They always laughed at the funny things I said, and it used to make me mad. Ramona sniffed and waited for Beezus to continue. Beezus was serious. Like the time when I was about your age and thought frankincense and mirror were something the three wise men were bringing to the baby Jesus, who put on his rash like that stuff Mom used to put on you when you were a baby. Mom and Dad laughed, and Mom told all her friends, and they laughed too. Oh dear, said Mrs. Quimby. I had no idea I upset you that much. Well, you did, said Beezus, still grumpy over the memory. And there was the time I thought toilet water was water out of the toilet. You practically had hysterics. Now you're exaggerating, said Mrs. Quimby. Comforted by this unexpected support from her sister, Ramona scrubbed her face with her soggy Kleenex. Mama, if you really do love me, why do I have to go to school? At the same time, she wondered how she could find out what frankincense and mirror were without letting anyone know of her ignorance. She had always thought, in a vague sort of way, that they were something expensive, like perfume and whiskey, done up in an extra-fancy Christmas wrapping. Ramona, everyone has to go to school, Mrs. Quimby answered. Loving you has nothing to do with it. Then why can't I be in the other first grade, the one in room two? Ramona asked. Mrs. Griggs doesn't like me. Of course she likes you, Mrs. Quimby contradicted. No, she doesn't, said Ramona. If she liked me, she wouldn't make me tell Susan in front of the whole class that I was sorry I scrunched her owl, and she would ask me to lead the Pledge Allegiance, and she wouldn't say bad things about me on my progress report. I told you Mrs. Griggs was great on apologies, Beezus reminded her family, and she will get around to asking Ramona to lead the flag salute. She asked everyone. But, Beezus, you got along with Mrs. Griggs when you had her, said Mrs. Quimby. I guess so, said Beezus. She wasn't my favorite teacher, though. What was wrong with her? asked Mrs. Quimby. There wasn't anything wrong with her, I guess, answered Beezus. She just wasn't very exciting is all. She wasn't mean or anything like that. We just seemed to go along doing our work, and that was it. Was she unfair? asked Mrs. Quimby. Beezus considered the question. No, but I was the kind of child she liked. You know, neat and dependable. I bet you never wasted pace said Ramona, who was not a paste waster herself. Too much paste was likely to spoil a piece of artwork. No, admitted Beezus, I wasn't that type. Ramona persisted. Why can't I change to room two? Mr. Quimby took over. Because Mrs. Griggs is teaching you to read and do arithmetic, and because the things she said about you are fair, you do need to learn self-control and to keep your hands to yourself. There are all kinds of teachers in the world, just as there are all kinds of other people and you must learn to get along with them. Maybe Mrs. Griggs doesn't understand how you feel, but you aren't always easy to understand. Did you ever think of that? Please, Daddy, begged Ramona, 
Please don't make me go back to room one. Buck up, Ramona, said Mr. Quimby. Show us your spunk. Ramona felt too exhausted to show anyone her spunk, but for some reason, her father's order made her feel better. If her mother had said, poor baby, she would have felt like crying again. Mrs. Quimby led her from the room and, skimming her bath, helped her into bed. Before the light was turned out, Ramona noticed that wild animals of Africa had been returned to her bookcase. Stay with me, Mama, coaxed Ramona, dreading solitude, darkness, and the gorilla in the book. Mrs. Quimby turned off the light and sat down on the bed. Mama? Yes, Ramona? Isn't guts a bad word? Mrs. Quimby thought for a minute. I wouldn't say it's exactly a bad word. It isn't the nicest word in the world, but there are much worse words. Now go to sleep. Ramona wondered what could be worse than guts. Out in the kitchen, Mr. Quimby was rattling dishes and singing, Oh my gal, she am a spunky gal. Sing Polly Wally Doodle all the day. Ramona always felt safe while her father was awake. Dread of something was worse after he had gone to bed and the house was dark. No need to turn herself into a paper doll for a while. Crying had left Ramona tired and limp, but somehow she felt better, more at peace with herself, as if trouble and guilt had been washed away by the tears. She knew her father was singing about her, and in spite of her troubles, Ramona found comfort in being her father's spunky gal. Somehow, something seemed less frightening. Worn out as she was by anger and tears, Ramona faced the truth. She could no longer go on being afraid of the dark. She was too weary to remain frightened and sleepless. She could no longer fear shadows and spooks and strange little noises. She stepped bravely out of bed and, in the faint light from the hall, pulled the flat big book from her bookcase. She carried it into the living room and shoved it under a cushion. Her parents, busy with supper dishes in the kitchen, did not know she was out of bed. She walked back to her room, climbed onto bed, and pulled up the covers. Nothing had grabbed her by the ankles. Nothing slithered out from under the curtains to harm her. Nothing had chased her. She was safe. Gratefully, Ramona said her prayers and, exhausted, fell asleep.